Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another recording here of Side by Side. We're about 24 hours out at the time of this recording from Sounders locking horns with Sporting Kansas City, who's become somewhat of a rivalry. Um, so we'll definitely get into that and preview that. But there is a small matter of the last game when the Sounders faced LAFC. Um, the game finished to a draw. Both teams took a point apiece. Um, but it was actually one of the more enjoyable draws I thought you can watch. It was a very, very good game, I felt. Um, so, your thoughts, guys, on that game in particular, and more so, did anything stand out? Did, did we learn anything about LA or Seattle? And people have talked about, you know, what that could mean for the postseason. For me, it's way too soon. We're barely at the halfway mark. Sounders haven't even played um, 50% of the schedule yet. So, it's too soon to say if this is a Western Conference Finals matchup or not. But is there anything we could have taken from it? Should the Sounders be happy? Good point, bad point, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was an okay game. I didn't think it was like this amazing game that we're going to watch over and over again. Right. Uh, but I thought this, at the end of the day, the Sounders did enough to, to get a result out of it, especially late in the second half. Um, with those changes, you're lucky to get out of there 1-1. Uh, Steph stood on his head on the day and he was unbelievable. Now it's a lack of quality finishing, but it's also his ability to make himself massive and make the attacker have to make a decision. And that's what he does so well. And if it wasn't for Steph, I think we lose that game three, four, one, um, to to be honest. Um, So I I think a fair result at the end of the day, both teams weren't at full 100% strength. And so it's really hard to take away really anything from that game um, other than that, you know, our back line is pretty thin after three and four uh, after three, you know, the third center back goes down. So there needs to be a solution. Uh, and now with uh, Obed out of the picture as well. Um, and JP, I think the club has some serious um, answers that they need or questions that they need answered. And, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think fair results and, Watching it from up top, um, some good parts and just some some bad parts. I think guys looked a little tired to me. Uh, even you know you know Jordan and Christian looked a little bit sleepy on the day, uh, and maybe that's just a product of timing of the game or you know not, not being back in the rhythm with the Sounders, and that's okay. Uh, so I think that week to to get the results we did since Champions League, the team's been really good, uh, and our record shows that. And if we can continue that every seven games. Um, I think we find ourselves, you know, first, second in, in the conference, but we have to stay healthy. And that'll be a big question. I think we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Yeah, that's a great point, Brad. We definitely have to stay healthy. My biggest takeaway is similar to what you said about Fry and how he just stood on his head. And he just, his entire season this year has just been phenomenal. If you go back to his performance in CCL and just this season, I mean, truly incredible, truly incredible. I mean, of a list of important players on this team right now. He's got to be like way, way, way up near the top because like Brad said, I feel like it would have been like a, it could have been a three, one game without him. Yeah. Obviously the double save, as you said, but I think he's been, Steph's been doing that 
for a while, really, I think. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Um, in general, taking this game in a larger context, look at the Sounders past few results. You know, we're, we're kind of in this home run we've been speaking of, looking at the scores right now. 2-1 win against Charlotte, um, 4-0 against the Whitecaps, 1-1 LAFC, and now it's Kansas and then Montreal um, in midweek to finish off kind of this five-game homestead. You know, it's not going to be 15 points, but it could end up being 13. And you look at the table, the Sounders play Kansas tomorrow, three games in hand on Sporting KC and four points in front. So what a chance to put some daylight between. Um, where are the Sounders at right now in terms of, again, we we understand that there was a lot of sacrifice because you have to, to prioritize CCR. We've been on teams before where, are we going to prioritize Open Cup this year? Is it going to be... You have to make those... There's a trade-off in MLS. No squad, I don't think, is at a point yet to attack three trophies, full throttle. You can't do it. Um, you're burnt out. So we obviously went off to CCL, paid the price of a slow start. Hasn't really affected the Sounders because no one's been that good in MLS. And so as a whole, we're in... <clears throat> The end of June, where is this club at? You know, a couple of injuries, JP, Obed, relatively healthy in general. We've Have we seen enough from this group to reach conclusions of what they could achieve while we still working our way back into um, a proper season after kind of giving up the first part due to the Champions League focus? I think the guys in the locker room are still yet to... I think there's glimpses. We've seen glimpses glimpses of it um but i think guys even in the locker room are, are asking questions of themselves like how can we get better um i still don't think they know that answer they're not playing 100 healthy and 100 uh on point so i still think that there's questions to be asked in in that respect and the guys are up for the challenge i was at training yesterday and you know there's going to be changes in this week is another three three game week so there's going to be changes in the lineup um, I think they'll prioritize the first two games. Obviously, at home, you have to pick up uh, six points at home in these next two. Uh, if you're the team you say you are, I think these two games are, are must, not must wins, but, but you got to put in a good performance. Um, and then the one in Toronto, just switch up the lineup and see if you can get something out of it, right, at the end of the day. Um, I, th I think there's going to still be questions around... Um, around our defense and and even our offense now that Raul's out, right? We got a lot of stuff to answer for these next couple of games. Who's gonna step up? We saw Freddie with two starts in a row and he, he brings so much like calmness and quality, um, but I think we still need someone up there that's gonna be just an assassin. Uh, and it's really hard to replace Raul because that's the expectation. Uh, and so I think Will might get his chance and see if he can, you know, bruise around up there and cause and wreak some havoc. <clears throat> and then the question now is, you know, Christian has to go back in, 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 in a number six. You just, at this point, you have to. And we talked about it last week. I, I don't think we have anybody fully fit right now that can step in there other than Kellen. Um, yeah. But I think he's better when he's facing forward and using the line to his advantage. Um, it's really hard to play a number six if you're not playing it consistently at, at his age and at his, you know, He's not as good as Christian. Uh, he's filled in admirably, but I think hopefully he has a good outing. Um, yeah. But I could see him playing as a number six with with Christian tomorrow. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but it's going to be a tough challenge for the Sounders in this next week with so many injuries. And I feel like 
we just haven't talked about this team when they've been at full strength other than you know that champions league yeah. final um yeah. and i hope that's not the case this season you have to sort out these you know little hamstring injuries and um it's just kind of unacceptable at this point to have that many little hamstring injuries yeah and i don't know if it's the turf or it's what it is uh, but they've got some sorting out to do uh yeah. not fully fit yet but you know he, he can fill in that role as well so i don't know there's, there's still a lot of question marks even heading into a team that you should beat in kansas city yeah i mean success is basically what a combination of talent and luck and in CCL, we had some luck happen. I mean, Cruz Azul lost to Pumas. That was kind of lucky for us. We had a couple things kind of go our way, but we had the talent to win. This season, we clearly have the talent. I mean, put us up against any MLS team this year. I'm sorry. Like, we're good enough to beat anybody. But like Brad said, like Steve has mentioned, with injuries and bad luck, I mean, that stuff happens. Yeah. So, you know, it's so early to be like, oh my, I mean, we should be winning the MLS Cup, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When, you know, there can be a string. I mean, JP going out was really bad luck. That was really, really bad luck. So, you know, we have the talent, but things can happen. Yeah. It's so crazy to hear you say, Brad. You're not wrong to say that facing Kansas City is a game we should win because you don't associate should with that club. They've been so good. They were so good just last season. I mean, they came to Central Lincoln won that game, you know, this is a day where Johnny Russell sort of put on a show. Um, they have four wins out of 17 games, including, you know, a 7-2 defeat to our neighbours, Portland Timbers. Speaking of bad luck, I mean, they've got some injuries. That must be said. This, I mean, they've been hit bad. I mean, they're top players all out for the year, things of that nature. Um, it's tough for any team to overcome. But what, 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 what would be, what would Pete, what is Vermees saying to these guys? Like, is he the kind of guy that, he gets down in the boat with you and says, okay, let's find our way out. Does he point fingers? Like what that group with Zussi and those guys that I know, I can't imagine that this is sitting well with such a, if that was a sounders, for example, we would not be okay with that. I feel like Kansas is one of those franchises with a very high standard. Vermees is very well respected, great coach. And to see them in this position, 29 goals in 17 games for such a good team, only scored 16. Um, what's going on in Kansas? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, when I was there in, in 2018, I think we only lost maybe a handful of games. So every time we lost, it was like, okay, we're playing well. We just got unlucky. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what it's like to be a part of, of that team with, with Vermees and, you know, having a losing season. I don't think Kansas City's had a losing season in forever. So I, I can't even imagine, but I'm sure early on, Peter was uh, voicing his frustration, but I think that has tempered due to the open cup run. And I think that they're putting a lot into that one and saying, okay, if, if we can get a couple results here, maybe that'll light a fire underneath us for an MLS push. And they're going to have to do it now. You cannot wait until the end of the season to just push it. It's too difficult when you have that many injuries, um, which is different than our run in 2016, where we yeah. were healthy, uh, but we just were playing like crap. Uh, but we had the players to get it done, right? We were healthy. I think they're in a different boat right now and it's a sticky situation. I don't, you, I'm sure he's sitting in that boardroom saying, look, these are the guys that are injured. You know, um, these are our performers that have, you know, led this team for so long over the past two, three years that have been really good for us. And they're out. What, what do you do? It's major league soccer. Your hands are tied, but they've gone out and signed, I think two players this week. Um, they won't feature against us. I don't think, um, 
So they're making moves. They, they understand the situation, the gravity of it. It's not a club that's just going to sit there and say, oh, no, we're going to rebuild for next year. That's not how his brain thinks. He's like, screw this. We're getting after it. We're going to train even harder like that. That's his mentality. So I would expect them to come in here and, and try to play to zero. That has to be their mission. No matter what they do, <clears throat> they'll still play a 4-2-3-1, I think. Um, but they'll they'll play to zero and, and they're going to come in and they're going to smash you. And they're going to try to get the Sounders off their game any, any way they can. They're going to slow the play. They're going to keep possession. Last year when they came in here, they were a, a very good possession-based yeah. team and they knocked the ball around and they made the Sounders look average on the day. It was another afternoon game. Um, it was, you know, warm out and it's going to be that tomorrow also uh, for, for the game. So I would expect to see a, sim- a similar thing. And with that result on, the, on, on Wednesday, no matter what you do, seven, when you score six goals, um, that can boost your confidence. Like, hey, guys, we can still do this. Yes, was it against a team that was of lesser quality? Okay, whatever. You find those in Major League Soccer too, um, evident by Portland putting seven on, on Kansas City. So um, I don't know what it's like. I haven't talked to the guys there, um, but I can, uh, I don't want to be around that locker room with that coach uh, when you're having a losing season and leaking goals like that. Very uncharacteristic for Tim Melia because – yeah. He's been so good uh, throughout his career and, and making some, I, I think their defense is just not up to standard of what it has been. And he's making rash, rash decisions that he's trying to do too much. And he's, he's a shot stopper, yeah. right? So hopefully he gets the reception that he deserves after last year coming into CenturyLink when he walks on the field um, from the body slam. Yeah, he will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fans should be on one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I expect them to come out and, and, and play a good game. Um, I think they'll just try to keep it to zero and make it a little bit ugly, but with Johnny and, and shallowy, you never know what you're going to get from those guys. And, and one moment of brilliance is all it takes for them. Right. And, and you touched on it and then they'll just sit back and they'll make it really difficult. So Sounders will have to be on one and um, they'll have to be up for it. I still have a hard time thinking that if Seattle comes to play and, you know, Nico's on song, I, I do think we'll see Bruin tomorrow. I do. I think Freddie, not that he's had his chance and it's gone. I think he's had a little run there, you know, and a change may be nice. I think this is the perfect game for Wilburyn. I hope we see Wilburyn. I don't know that we will for sure. No inside information here. Christian should be fresher. Jordan, you'd have to think if the Sounders are anywhere near, like, I mean, you, you, this team is shipping goals for fun, leaking goals for fun. Um, you'd have to think so. And I, I agree. I think anything less than three points in this one, particularly, especially with, you don't get Kansas like this very often. Just like that 2016 yeah. Sounders team, teams were fortunate. Like, we get to play this. You don't see the Sounders down bad that often where this has to be three points. And Kansas will be back. Too much quality um, in that team coaching they'll figure out maybe not this year but for sure at some point they'll be back so when you get a team like this down and you want to be taken seriously as contenders as the sounders do and that games in hand it's huge because now you're making points up and still having two free games ahead of some teams it's a must win in my opinion i don't think you know especially after last week dropping a couple of points you can accept that one. I think anything less than three points tomorrow would be a massive disappointment um, facing this Kansas City team coming in in the condition they're in without some of their top players. Steve, Steve uh, I have a question. Actually, it's for both of you guys. Um, 
where does Kansas City rank and the rivalry list with the Sounders in terms of like teams that we love to beat? in your opinion? Like when you would like go play them, was it like an extra satisfying thing or is that like a new a new thing now where we really need to be I I would say it's maybe rivalry wise maybe newer again I'm many years removed now in the years when I played them the the running theme was we always scored in the last minute against them it would always Mm -hmm. somehow I remember the most famous one being Mike Fasito um here at um Questfield back then and he scored like in the 94th minute there's one that Jimmy Trari scored down there it was always like these good games Lamar did it and we'd always beat them 90 90 plus we'd score um rivalry i don't know is it one i don't know like I, it feels kind of i don't know if it is i don't know if the players is johnny russell sitting there thinking i mean they want to come and beat the sounders but yeah. i don't know that you circle kansas city on the thing right we, we it's not like one that's them. like underlined with like no, ready you respect them because they're good i respect peter vermes i respect that team they try to do things the right way i think it's a club that's run well players you've played there speak well of it i think there's a respect but like a rivalry i think i don't think i would circle kansas city even now no, I, I think, you know, even when I went to the team, I got that question and I just said, there are two very good teams that play good games against each other. There's no, um, there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, just two good teams playing against each other. Right. Um, it's kind of like when champions league teams play against each other, they're just two yeah. good teams. They're not really yeah. rivals. Right. Yeah. Rivals are someone that are in your backyard, yeah. uh, ones that you have, you know, decades of history with. Um, and these fabricated rivalries through Major League Soccer is, yeah. you know, maybe maybe there are some that I just haven't experienced and, and play. You know, maybe if I was part of Colorado and I played against Kansas City, you know, the past 15, 20 years, maybe there's something there that I don't understand. Um, but for us at the Sounders, no, it is not a rivalry. It's yeah. it's Portland is our our rival. Um, does it have a feel of two good teams playing against each other? Yes, but there's no hoopla around the game, right? Whenever you play Portland, it is yeah. people burning cars, and you know that that's what it feels like, right? You go to the stadium, and there's just a different vibe. Tomorrow, going to the stadium, there is not going to be that rivalry vibe. It's just yeah. two good teams playing against each other. So that's that's thrown out the window for me. Um, is that's a great question. Is is in this is complete insight. You, you didn't mention Vancouver. Is, is Vancouver not a rival? I always that one's a weird one for me. It's Cascadia. That is a weird one, right? It doesn't. There's no bad favorite. blood though, right? Like when you're playing mm-hmm. Vancouver, I don't feel like it's like oh, I really want to beat them. You, 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 you know, I used so- to be. Yeah, but I feel like Vancouver, it's not, there's been, again, Vancouver's been in Major League Soccer, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years, 10 years, whatever the case may be. I feel like we've had three or four different versions of Vancouver. Right. Whereas the Timbers, it's always been consistent. You know, we know Merritt is there. Merritt's going to go on Twitter and talk his nonsense when he needs to, you know, Merritt, I know Merritt, I talk to Merritt, I, that's how he is, you know, Gavin Wilkinson has been there forever. There was always these themes, Valeri, how many is he, Chara, I think that. Van, and there's been so many iconic moments between the two. We beat them in the playoffs. They beat us in the playoffs. It, it, you know, raced the MLS Cup, first to two. With Vancouver, because they haven't won anything major, I think, and they've changed cultures so many times and their star players, it's just, it's never stuck for me and there's not enough. Okay, so if Vancouver were successful, yeah, maybe there would yeah, be. Yeah, because then it's a team in your backyard who's taking <clears throat> trophies from you. If Vancouver's winning MLS Cups left, right and center, 
the sound is better wake up and take notice, but I don't think that I don't go into a season thinking Vancouver is going to win the cup. I, I don't think so. Yeah. On any given year, Portland could. Yeah, I, I think there were a couple years there where we played. There was one game where we played in Vancouver, but it was before they played in that big stadium, mm-hmm. and it was at that. Um, I don't know what it was. It was like a, like a county park or something yeah. like that, and like kind of makeshift. And that environment felt a bit more like, okay, this is my first introduction to playing what should be my rival. And it had a little something to it. But I think when when Laba was on the team and, and running that midfield, they had a good run. Uh, and I think that they were, um, it felt like a bit more when we played mm-hmm. against them. I think Vancouver has a bunch of players now who have no idea about who the Sounders are and the history of the rivalry. Their coaches are not previous players for Vancouver. And so you lose that, right? The Sounders have done such a good job of keeping Schmetz and Tommy and, and, and Grant and, you know, all these guys that have been there since yeah. the 70s, right? 80s, 90s, 2000s. If you look at Vancouver, I highly doubt that anyone on that roster right now could tell you anything about the rivalry. Yeah. I doubt that half of that roster or more could tell you how many MLS Cups the Sounders have won. Yeah. Or open cups, right? We know exactly how many they've won, yeah. Right, and so it's it's just different, um, and they they're they're lacking that. Uh, Vancouver's lacking any sort of culture, um, and and that's you know the sad truth of it to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Keely, broadcast information for tomorrow. Yes, broadcast information. We are on Big ABC tomorrow. Kickoff twelve oh eight. Twelve eight. John Champion and Taylor Twelman will be on site actually and on the call. Uh, on radio, we'll be on 93.3. Uh, Keith and Casey in match for that one. Um, and then El Rey for Spanish radio. So make sure Great. to tune in. It'll be fun. It's going to be a really good one. And then next week is Pups on the Pitch, which is really exciting. What so you exactly, bring your dog. I, I, I want to understand this. Is it going to be a specific fan section where dogs can be? Yeah, there's like a specific dogs- section that you can, like it's like a special ticket that you can purchase. Really, really cool. Um, questions? Yes, Brad actually took initiative and asked questions on Twitter. So thank you, Brad, for doing that. Um, Our first question is from H. And she asks, with your experience with back injuries, what is your advice for Obed as he starts his rehab recovery process? So bringing up the Obed injury, first of all, and then second of all, what sort of advice do you have for him? Um, Yeah, I talked to him yesterday, actually, and you know, kind of asked him what was going on. And he basically said, yeah, I started to get, you know, a little bit of uncomfortable back pain, but I was able to play through it. And then it got to the point where it was just too, too painful. So, um, I mean, he'll miss, I mean, probably three, four five weeks, who knows? Um, that's, that would be my, my guess because you don't want a player like that dealing with that for the rest of his career, the kid's 16, right? So yes, does it hurt the Sounders in the short term? Absolutely. In the long run, is this rest that they're going to give him to heal 100% going to pay off? Yes. Um, so my advice is just to take it slow. Um, with something like that, you you just have to let it heal. Um, do your rehab and try not to think about it too much. That's one thing I wish I, I kind of dwelled on my injuries while they happened. And looking back now, if I would have just maybe found another outlet um, and taken my mind off of it, I think I probably would have healed a bit faster. Um, so spending time, you know, I'm sure you can walk, obviously, um, you know, spending time walking and, and, you know, getting out in nature and family and 
doing anything you can to not dwell on sitting there and having a hamstring injury. You know, that, those were the worst. You're just like, oh, does it feel good today? Does it feel good right now? Do I feel better to train, to play? Oh, can I play today, right? No, he just needs to take the time to heal. Um, is it a case of too much at, at a young age? I don't think so. It's not like a growth plate or anything like that. So I think it's just one of those random, maybe it's a posture thing. Who knows? Maybe it's just a freak thing. So just heal up, rest up, and, and he'll be fine in, in, uh, in no time. What is it? The first rule of manifestation is not to obsess over things. So mm. yeah, that's good advice. Uh, next question is from Polly Darton. Although their username is Kenny Sloth 253. So I'm wondering what their actual name is. Um, and their question is, do the Sounders need to make a move now because of this Obed situation? Do we need to make a move now? If, if you thought about it, we kind of discussed, should they make a move after JP? We kind of, I think, said probably, maybe not urgently, but it's important at some point. Now with Obed out for some time as well. Um, yeah, I think so. I think just for depth purposes, you know, because I think talking about now maybe moving Christian back in a role he's good at, but I think for me at least in the past 18 months, he's clearly better for this team on the right of that 4-2-3-1. He's a very effective there. I think you lose a lot taking him out of there. Um, it's a big ask um, to ask Rusnak, Nico to an extent, and Christian to carry that load, just them. Um, I think it always helps when JP was there and then Obed did a lot of the running. Not sure exactly the level of Lever right now. Tenso's had some um, nicks and niggles as well. So, yeah, I don't know what kind of moves. And if you're talking about bringing in a superstar or bringing in just someone who's serviceable and can get you through, because with, if that's the case, you do have Kellen Rowe, you do have options. I just wonder what kind of quality can you bring in on short notice? Um, but I would lean towards 70, 80% saying you probably would like to bring someone in. Now, to what caliber? I don't know, but I think you need to. Yeah, probably someone just within MLS, right? If you can. Yeah. I mean, they freed up, they just got a whole bunch of general allocation money, which won't apply to an in. I mean, they could trade some more allocation money for a player or something. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Rusnak and, and, and Kellen. Uh, and Kellen's job now is sit, just sit. We do not need you to make the game. We don't need you to hit the killer pass or anything. Just get the ball to Albert and, and Nico when you can uh, and Christian. And then, you know, these next couple games will tell if he can do it or not. So it's it's a huge challenge for, for Kellen. That's really the only <clears throat> question mark, I think. Um, Yamar is training full. So two center backs back in it, I think, this, this weekend with Yamar and Jackson. Uh, which is good, right? New who back, Alex. So the, the lineup is still good. Yeah. Uh, it's just when you start to make these subs, we've been in this situation where we're making five subs a game because we're bringing on high quality players. And now our bench just gets a little bit um, shorter, right? To, to dip into your pocket. Um, so guys might have to play extended minutes. And, you know, Rusnak is, he's learning. He's just going to have to sit and uh, absorb pressure and wait for those moments. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the guys do tomorrow and how and how Schmetz is pushing this team to, to get a result with with what he has. And now you see coaching come out in its truest form, right? Get the most out of guys and make some tough decisions on personnel and and where they play on the field. Maybe this is the year Schmetzer wins coach of the year. CCL, <clears throat> you know, this could be the year. I don't know. Uh, eventually. All right, last question. This is from JP. Who would win a penalty shootout? Kenny Cooper Jr., Steve Zakalani, Brad Evans, or me? I'm out of it. 
Like I, I'm. I love how we included me in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of it. I've taken penalties, but by no means an expert. Was never the penalty taker. Yeah, in Akron, a little bit by default, but no, I'm out of that. I, I don't like penalties. Dave, I, I, I actually, penalties. I do know that about you because I had to edit a like U.S. Open Cup thing that <laughs> yeah. involved a PK that you took and scored. And it was so bad, but you it's made barely. it. It's the worst ever penalty. But I scored. But you know what's crazy? I've it taken so, way even had your narration under it. Like, it's the worst penalty oh, I ever it's bad. took. And then I, like, showed it. It was crazy. I've taken way better penalties and missed. So it's like, it's really, like, really good one. Then just hit the post or the goalie made a great save. That was bad. That was against Portland. Yeah, I remember in, though. That. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. On the score and sheet, it just... Who, who was Nico on that list? Is it say no, Nico? No, it was just oh. the three Us of four and, and Kenny? Kenny Cooper. Yeah, and Kenny oh. Definitely not Kenny, because yeah, if Kenny. you go watch this video with Kenny, he missed two in a row. He I missed, goalkeeper like came off his line, he had to take another one, missed. So not yeah, Kenny, not YouTube Kenny. that, yeah, no chance. So it's basically down to me and Keeley. Yeah. So, in sound is history. You, Brad. I really hope it's you. In sound is history though, he's coming down, so it'd be a good, like a five penalties each, Brad and Nico would be some competition. Yeah. I don't think Nico's missed, has he? No. He's he 16 for 16. Do you know what you were? 12 for 12, I think. That would be a good one. Like, that would be, yeah, because Nico hasn't missed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's play, like, yeah. Ice Ice Baby in the background. Yeah, for Steph and Gold. I mean, yeah, that'd, wow. That'd be a really good one. <laughs> uh, those are our questions. Um, before we leave, I also have a game for you guys, and it's yep. It's similar to over-under, but it's not over-under. It's You basically have to guess if who I'm talking about is a sounder or a Sporting Kansas City. All right, so this first player is either a Sporting Kansas City player or a Sounders FC player. He has 55 caps with the U.S. Men National Team. And bonus points, you can guess who the player is. 55. Now, Zeus, he can't have that much. Yeah, I think he might. I mean, if I have 27, I think Zeusy or... Yeah, I think zeusy has got... At least 55. Because Christian's not at 55. No. Jo- Jordan? Jordan, no. Has no. to be Zussi. I think Zussi. Oh, God. It was Zussi. And yeah. he has five goals in those yeah. 55 yeah. caps. I couldn't bad. believe it. I mean, I know he's been around in the U.S. Mountains National he's Team. Been, yeah, I mean, he's drafted the year. I was drafted. He's in my draft class. So he's yeah. been playing for a long time. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah. Great hair. Great hair. Every yeah, year. yeah. Great. Yeah, All right. This player just celebrated his 25th birthday. Like a couple days. I think it was yesterday. Knew who? He knew 25. I knew his birthday. I didn't know that. Wow, okay. Yeah, knew who. Yeah, it was knew who, and hopefully he got some spicy teriyaki. And I am using the same joke that everyone uses. I'm just going to join that bandwagon. Uh, Number three. Both coaches are in the top three in this category, but which one has the longer tenure of active coaches? You guys should get this one because it's pretty easy. Um, Who has been in MLS longer as a head coach? Pete, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Head yeah. Peter's been around yeah, for 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Pete, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's got to be like, I think he's like, yeah. what is he, third all time in wins or games or something he's like that? Yeah. And he's the yeah. number one in longest. He's been a head coach since 2009. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. 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 since 2016. That was more just to show the comparison between the two yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, but I wonder who has more playoff wins. That's a good one. I will look that up. Um, in the meantime, yeah. this next one, two experienced goalkeepers of all current goalkeepers, however, one of them leads the pack in total saves. Which one is it? Is it Stefan Fry or is it Tim Melia? This season? Four saves. No, overall. Ever? 
has to be MLS stuck. regular season play. MLS regular season play. Tim. Tim. It's Tim? Tim, for sure. I'm going to go Steph. It was Steph. Really? Yeah. What are the numbers? Yeah. 1,065. Amelia's sixth with 630. Oh, wow. That much of a good. Yeah, Steph's been around for a long time as well. Steph's been around I, for a long time. I mean, think of Toronto before. And, yeah, it was in my draft class too. Um, yeah. I don't know. When did Media come into the league? Yeah, I feel like yes. he, he yeah. had to. Well, he was in for a while as a backup with Chivas, so he's uh, he might, he's a year younger than me. Okay, so he's, so he's he 36 this year. He's been around for for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A while. But he never became like a starter him. until because they yeah. had um, who was that? The Panther. What was his name? Yeah, Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until yeah, yeah. what? Yeah. 2013 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, 2013, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that was stupid by me. I should have known that. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this Panther. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. He was good. Intrigued. He's only played. Yeah. Tim's only played like 215 games in major yeah. soccer. So. Yeah, and Stefan Fry is actually making his 300th. Well, if he starts tomorrow, he'll be yeah. making his 300th career start across awesome. all competitions with the Sounders. Yeah, which is just amazing. Congratulations yeah. to him. Hopefully, he gets a plaque of some kind. Wow. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's Hopefully. what I got. Good job. You you aced it. MLS historians. Perfect. All right. One more time, the broadcast info, then we get out. Yes, we're on Big ABC, twelve oh eight kickoff, ninety three point three for radio. El Rey, thirteen sixty for Spanish radio. Awesome. Great. All right. Sounders sporting Kansas City tomorrow. Lumen Field. Be there, and hopefully we're back next week. Um, recapping a win and we also have Montreal midweek so hopefully recapping two wins and then there'll be the pups what's the, what's the official name pups for pups at the pitch pups, at the pups pitch. on the pitch pups, at pups. The... that's for Montreal game that's Montreal, Montreal we'll actually game. be bringing a puppy on set with you guys uh, Brad's gonna get to hold a puppy so. for that, okay great yeah looking forward to it awesome well, as always thanks for listening like comment subscribe wherever you got your podcast and we'll be back next week this has been Side by Side